Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. On today's podcast, I am going to talk with a guest about one of my absolute favorite topics. That is the hero's journey. I mean, I love the hero's journey so much that I named my dog after Alice in Wonderland, one of the most famous hero's journeys ever. As you guys also know, my favorite book is The Alchemist, another one of the most legendary hero's journeys. But what specifically is it? What it's all about? And did you actually know that you're living it every single day of your life? So today I have with me Ange Fennell who is a publisher and obviously talks about the hero's journey all the time. In fact, um, and the hero's journey is actually one of your specialities, isn't it? I would. <laughs> absolutely. Yay. Um, I also love The Alchemist. So whenever anybody asks, what is your top favorite book of all time? That's it. Yeah. And as you said that, it makes me think, wow, I started on the particular, one of the particular journeys that I'm on way back when in my early 20s, just in the introduction of that book. But the reason that the hero's journey is so important for me in the work that I do is whether I'm helping an author go from start to finish on their book, or I'm assessing a manuscript to see if it's got all the pieces and not any massive holes, I use the hero's journey to tap into whether or not it's working. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so, so excited to talk to Ange and share this with all of you because once you understand your hero's journey, it'll blow your mind. It'll probably blow your mind. So, Ange, welcome to the podcast. Yay, thank you. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, including, of course, your human design? 
Yes. Okay. Well, my human design, as you so graciously shared with me, and I still, one of my favorite sessions of any type ever uh, was learning about me being a generator, a 6-2 generator um, with a sacral, what do we call it? Yeah, sacral authority. That's it. Authority. That's it. Which absolutely resonated with my actual experience. So that was probably why it was extra rewarding to chat to you about it. And one of the other things that I just want to quickly share as well that was amazing about Ange is because Ange is one of those generators that falls into that category that isn't always um, aligned to a lot of the talk of generators because she only has three centres defined, which means she's a walking empath. She feels very, um, you know, you really feel into the people that you work with. You get people at a soul level because you've got an undefined G centre. So I think that that's also one of the things that's really cool to be able to help and empower people, um, especially generators, to understand that sometimes when you don't have a lot of definition, you do have a lot of things in common with the projectors and other types because, yeah, empathy is a huge, huge part of who you are. But, hey, we're here (laughs) to talk about the hero's journey. So, Ange, let's start at the beginning. What specifically is the hero's journey and, and who kind of brought it to our awareness? Okay. Well, I'll give it to you in, in my terms. Um, Joseph Campbell is the, the modern um, origin of what we understand as the hero's journey. And he has all these different parts. I mean, it's quite complex and wonderful. Um, there are so many archetypes to talk about and so many steps along the way. Of course, he, he didn't discover it himself. In fact, and I don't know the Greek um, philosopher who, who originally observed it, but that's what it is. That's what really lights my fire is that it is the observation of how we work and in fact, how nature works. So one of my authors and I used to say, she said, you know, we have story, which is what the hero's journey is in our DNA. Mm. And when you start to understand that, it gives you a little bit of space to give yourself a break because yeah. it, everything can, I mean, we have this beautiful wish of a before and an after, and there's so much in between. And so the, the beauty of Joseph Campbell or even somebody like Carl Jung, recognizing these things that happen psychologically, but to be perfectly honest, it is absolutely a universal, a spiritual, and for me, there's no difference yeah. between the two. Yeah. For those people who are writers, there's an amazing book uh, by Christopher Vogler about the hero's journey, where he breaks it down specifically for writers. It's really thick, and of course, I haven't got it in front of me now. Um, I did a read-through of part of it, but the beauty is especially if this resonates with you and you want to learn more, it can be important to allow yourself to breathe it in in bite-sized chunks. So part of my zone of genius is helping people to just get at least the skeletal version first so they don't get overwhelmed. And in fact, keeping it very basic at the start can help you recognize it in your life and in literally every damn story that yeah. you see out there, every story you read, every movie you watch, every series. You, I mean, if you're anything like me and I became obsessed with like, oh, there it is again. Yeah. And there it is again. And there it is again. It's not 
some people manipulate it. Yeah. But it would be interesting as um, maybe for some listeners to notice how you feel when you recognize that somebody's manipulated what will explain as the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, one of the things that blew my mind was when I, when I first learned about the hero's journey, um, I actually was probably in that part. And one of the phrases you guys would have heard is like the dark night of the soul. Mm. I was in that part that felt like it was going and going and going and going. And for my listeners, they know that I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder in my late twenties. And, you know, my dark night of the soul lasted quite a while. Um, but it was in that process that I actually came to the hero's journey. And it really helped me give a new meaning to what I was experiencing. And, of course, I for many years would refer to fear itself as my dragons, you know, like these are my dragons that I'm here to learn to slay. But tell people, like, what is the hero's journey? Like, what are we talking about? I mean, Star Wars is the other, like, super famous hero's right. journey, you know? Right. And I bet you Christopher Vogler, well, 100%, he uses that in his example. Yeah. Because when we use modern examples, it helps us ground what these, they just seem really ephemeral, these concepts sometimes, but it's very, very, very grounded. Yeah. So for me, I break it down just, I start people off with just the five things. Um, we've discussed before, and I'll just preface this by saying we are all at a different stage potentially with innumerable hero's journeys. So a hero's journey is is to me simply the tracking of a transformation. A transformation is 180 degrees. It doesn't have to be huge. Some are small, right? And some are monumental. So some take weeks, some take months, some take years, and some we may struggle in resistance and stay in the dark night of the soul for our lifetime. And you might even recognize people like that. But let me give you the basics that I give to my writers to help them write a story that is probably going to have all the parts in it. So we have an opening scene and an opening scene is where you are now. So because we have so many uh, heroes journeys going on, whenever we quote unquote finish one, we're at a new potentially opening scene, but we'll bob along the top of the water for a while maybe before something happens, that something is an inciting incident. And it's something that comes into your life that you cannot unsee, unknow, unhear, undo. We oftentimes think of them as negative, but they're not always negative. They could be something like dramatic and romantic, like you're happily in a relationship and floating along and whatever. And then some stranger sweeps you up in the middle of the street and gives you a passionate kiss and then goes on their merry way and you think, oh my God, I'm not. I felt something there that had been dormant and I'm not actually happy. I've just okay. been ignoring it. That's the inciting incident, which leads to the messy middle. I, I say it's one stage. It's not one. Messy middle is the part that takes us the longest. Yeah. It's a series. It's like a dance but we don't always appreciate it as the dance that it is. It is the dance of one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one step back, where we are, if we're looking at it positively, we are, we are daring ourselves to get closer and closer to the transformation yeah. 
that we'd like to do. But we're going to start with denial. First, the inciting incident. And then we go, yeah, I need to change. And then we go, oh, never mind. Oh my goodness. That so resonates. So resonates with me. That's, that's, we have that call to adventure. Yeah. And the denial of the call to adventure, I think is how Joseph Campbell puts it. Yeah. Eventually I give the fourth step as the final battle and the precursor right before the final battle is surrender. So when you were on that dark night of the soul, even though you'd had in you, in fact, because I have my own story with anxiety, panic disorder specifically, and depression. Um, that is part of resistance. That is actually a symptom of resistance. You were faced with something and now you're freaked out about it and you have no control. Therefore, you experience anxiety. Yeah. And, and this is right? this is such an important point, you know, like um, I've said it a number of times, but this is the thing, you know, like we aren't depressed or anxious. We're doing something. We're doing depression. We're doing anxiety because we're exactly that. We're in resistance to flow. We're in right. resistance to being where we're at and accepting where we're at. And I think the the thing that I love, like that inciting in, um, incident, that that's a moment where so many people they wake up, you know, it's like their rock bottom. That's what a lot of people talk about. Like it can be a happy moment or it can be their rock bottom. I know for me, yeah. in many cases, it was a rock bottom. Um, but in the same, the same, um, uh, at the same, to the same point, like I feel like I'm just starting the next phase of a new hero's journey um, that really happened this year. And it's a very positive one. It's kind of like, I just got off a call with someone, like being able to see like, wow, I always knew in my soul that life was meant to be easier. But this year it's really showed me that, yes, it is meant to be easier. Life can be a whole lot easier when you decondition, when you do all these things. And I feel like there is totally this call to adventure. We've literally got a physical adventure we're going on next year. We're we're taking a year off. We're doing a big lap around Australia. We're, you know, teaching our kids on the road, so on and so forth, and growing this business. But I think that that's what people need to understand. It's that moment where you realize either you become aware of something that you haven't been aware of, or you think, oh my God, this is it. Like, is this what my life is going to be like for the rest, like the rest of my years? Right. Um, and then, you know, like going into that next um, moment where there is that, I love that the term, the call to adventure. And you're kind of like, yeah, like I can kind of see it in my head, but I can't do that. And I, I remember right. that feeling, but I can't do that. Right. Um, yeah, go ahead. This is what's interesting. So you just described something that was very positive. And my reflection on why it's so easy is because you were in a state of surrender. You didn't have expectations. Of course, a lot of times it's easier to be in surrender when it feels like a positive thing, but not always, right? Because we have what I call the internal editor, uh, Stephen Pressfield might call resistance, others call fear um, or mind monkeys or whatever, will say, we don't deserve, Yeah, you don't deserve that. So there's always the potential for resistance, but I'll, I'll explain just that very end and then come back to this. So there's surrender right before the final battle. The final battle is where you finally do the one thing you didn't want to do. And it could be actually something big, or it could be something that others would look at and feel is small. But for you, 
whether it was symbolic or just, I was never going to do that. You know, we do that a lot with how we were raised. My parents did this. I would never do that. Um, When you surrender and are willing to do that thing and let it all hang out there and be raw and vulnerable, that is when you are rewarded with the transformation. The transformation simply being that place you were always meant to go, right? We are in control of how long we stay in the messy middle. And so sometimes, like I said, it just feels easy. We call that flow or alignment. And it's because we're in a state of perpetual surrender. We will respond to the things that come to us easily without overthinking what it is and other things we spend a lot of time thinking or we think it's going to be too hard or it's going to make me do this thing I don't want to do but it's always where you are meant to go yeah and I love what you just said it's that piece it's going to make me do the thing I don't want to do and this like for the listeners out there please get your pen and paper out and write down that question what is it that I don't want to do what am I afraid of doing because ultimately you know, like, yes, I've just explained a very positive um, hero's journey that I'm experiencing, but I've learned that over many years, you know, like I'm now at a stage in my life where I've learned not to try and resist, not to do these things, to, to avoid doing the thing I don't want to do. Now I just run at it screaming, make an awful mess, but I get through it so much quicker. Yes. But, but I think that that's the whole point, right? So we're running little hero, hero's journey. Like I, I'm going to go as far to say that we all have our own teenage hero's journey. Do you know what I mean? Like we all have our coming of age hero's journey. We all have our 20-something journey. Um, And we probably have our 40-something and our 50-something journey. And then there's going to be journeys within that and then there's journeys greater than that. You know, I I know for me, my probably my big life journey, I'm still not there. I'm still not at what I call the Jabberwocky moment, you know, when Alice in Wonderland had to fight the Jabberwocky. Um, But because I've learnt my, um, you know, facing my dragon, facing my fears, it's much easier for me to move through those now. But my goodness, it was not easy in the beginning. (laughs) It was so not easy. And I invested so much energy in resisting the things that I knew I had to do, breaking Mm -hmm. the habits, um, you know, speaking up was a big part for me, uh, creating boundaries, like doing the things and, and ultimately really believing in my own power, in my own ability to manifest the reality that, that I knew I could do. Mm. And I think that that's the, the beauty that you get from human design is this reassurance, sorry, from the hero's journey, this reassurance that even though it feels really shitty right now, you're right where you're meant to be. Like I reckon the whole bloody planet's going through this whole, oh, you know, yes, yes. Now. Well, and that's it. Something needed to change. We had, and this is the challenge most people have, they say, but looking back, I have all sorts of inciting incidents. And I think one of the reasons is because we can have that call to adventure and we can deny it. We can say no, we can make a particular thing lasts longer. We can forget the lessons we learned, you know, having a play on what you and I had chatted about um, with the coaching call, which was, wait a minute, I've already learned all this. Why am I forgetting this again? Um, But one of the things that always makes me feel better, and again, it's always hard. It's like a psychic who can't see their own future. When we're in it, 
we're in it, right? So one of the superpowers we can all learn to have is getting to a quiet place and becoming an observer of ourselves. So I always recommend this to writers, sit back and be the observer for a while, especially if writing is hard or whatever you're doing is hard. Observe yourself for a moment. What's happening? Um, If we can do that in our life and just have a check, what stage am I at on the hero's journey of my career? Like what, where am I right now? And if you can figure out where you are, then you know what the next steps are going to be. I used to um, have this, I remember doing a, a quick recording for my writers about what their journey through writing or whatever would look like. And it was like, we've got this pathway to um, and you choose right or left. I feel like it doesn't matter. Um, w- one direction looks well lit. This reminds me of maybe Wizard of Oz. One direction looks well lit and there's daisies and you can't see the end because it's straight, but it's bright and that looks good. So you think you're going to end up maybe where you want to go and that, damn, that looks pleasant. I don't mind that. It looks flat. And the other side is like dark and a little bit twisty, but you can actually see that light, that lantern at the end of the path. But you will have to go through some things that look, at least from where you are now, scary. And that is the direct path to the place you want to go. If you're willing to do it, even though you're scared and just take the next step. So that's the other thing that I recommend to people. You don't have to have it all figured out. Even what you've done this year by the sounds of it is you surrender enough to know I will get myself to the next spot. And when I get there, then I'll see. It's like walking in in a bit of fog with faith. Mm. And if you get to that place and every choice you make, well, like with me, if I have a sacral authority, I check in. I just check into mine, not anybody else's. I don't listen to my mind. I feel what's in my body. And then I make the next decision. If I follow that path, mm-hmm. I will get to where I want to go for sure. It's, it's written. It's right there. The other is like, maybe, or maybe I walk a thousand miles yeah, and yeah. never get there and, and find that the path actually veers even though it looked great. Yeah, and I reckon right? that, that as well I really resonate with, you know, that that looks like the easy road. Let's take yeah. that, you know, and yeah. I think it was, um, I don't know where I read it, but there was a quote and it could be Joseph Campbell and I think I'm just about to m- mess it up, but it was something along those lines of it's the path untaken that is the most important path, that is your path. And the, the presupposition to that, if it's untaken, that it's going to be scary but actually it's going to be the quickest way for you. And this is the thing that that I love, especially the way the world's changing right now, is we're all being empowered to take that path, the unknown path. Stop following everybody else and start following your own path. And you never know what might happen. Mm. Um, You know, even having this conversation, I think about my journey with this exact podcast, you know, like, I was literally, I'd started a podcast. I had um, put probably, I don't know, five or six of them out. And then I literally just got this intuitive hit one day, call it the human design podcast. You know, that was my call to adventure. And I was like, 
can I do that? I mean, it's the obvious thing to do. Why wouldn't you just call it the Human Design Podcast? Like that's going to be really helpful. But am I good enough? Do I have enough information? Have I studied long enough? I mean, I mean, and I was training with a mentor who'd been doing and who has been doing human design since 2003. So I've got all of this self-doubt that I'm like, no, screw it. I've just, I'm going to do it. And every time, you know, probably I put, every time I put a podcast out for two months, I'd be like, oh God, is that the right thing to do? Um, even though I was seeing what I call the external clues, like I was getting the our numbers were rising and uh, we were getting the reviews, like all the feedback was coming in. But it was, it, it took me time on that journey to start to trust myself and trust the journey. Um, and then as the, the podcast really started to grow, then I really like shit myself, you know, like it went to a whole nother level. Like now I have to, you know, live up to expectations or standards. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I just have to come back to the place where, where this all began and face my dragon. And my dragon has always been like, am I going to be good enough? Are the people going to get what they need? And in that moment, in that question came the answer because I have a governing belief that is that no matter who I work with, they get what they need. And in that moment, I was like, right, I'm good. And, you know, since then I haven't questioned it. But we have these these heroes' journeys just happening all the time. And when we know that, our Jabberwocky will come or our Darth Vader will come. Um, and often, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like because this could just be I have the perception in my head, <laughs> okay. there is this final battle. There is this, this time where you think, in fact, I have this with my clients all the time and they're like, I thought I dealt with all of this. And I'm always like, here's the thing. This is the final battle. This is where you, you do get the test. The, are you sure? you want this. Are you going to settle for what you've settled for in the past or are you going to take that scary road? Here's here's why that's a, a hundred, a thousand percent yes, because we think, here's what I, and I think I shared this with you. Um, when we're at that point, we haven't been there before. Whether it was a lot of mini heroes journeys beforehand, which yes, undoubtedly it was, So when I talk about the messy middle and the two steps forward, one step back, that gives you an indicator. We're winning a bit. The two steps back, the one step forward or two steps forward, one step back means we haven't actually done the one thing. So the Jabberwocky, which by the way, could be massive, but you know what? It might also be turn the lights on, girl. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's little. You just saw the shadow that made it seem massive. You have all the power in you. So it feels like a David and Goliath thing, but in fact, tables might be turned. And in fact, if you get yourself to that place, then chances are you are the Goliath of that. You are the one who is prepped to win. But every time somebody says, I thought I'd already done it, that was the thing that they were trying to do. I'll do anything but fill in the blank until you do fill in the blank. And that I have to ask myself the same question. Have I been willing to do it? It is natural to, to say, I will throw everything at it, but, and we hope we win. And guess what? Never. It never happens until you get to the butt. So there's two ways to get to the butt. Either you front up and you just 
bravery is not about not being afraid. It's about fronting up, even though. Exactly. So you either front up anyway, or you get to the point where you realize it's just another step. You had been building it up. You turned the lights on and went, wait a minute. Why have I been making this a bigger thing? Yes. If we take stock of how far we've come, sometimes we can get to that, but and feel empowered. And other times we're just not going to. The other thing that I always tell people is give yourself a break Mm -hmm. because we all need to give ourselves grace around this process. Flowers, and I always say, it looks to us like a flower is, oh, it's so beautiful and it's blossoming. What if as a flower, that is painful as hell? I don't know. (laughs) Certainly, if you're a a caterpillar and you liquefy, that doesn't sound pleasant before you can become a butterfly. So we have this perception that everybody else, everything else, easy for everyone else, but not me. No, you just have to be willing. And that's the one part we can't fake. So I say- I love that. That's the one part we can't fake. You you can't fake it. I love that. Right. So you can say, hey, universe, okay, I surrender. It's like, yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah, sure you do. Come back to me when you have. Yeah. And then I'll see you. And then you'll just stay there. So we know people in our lives who, from the outside, we can easily recognize. They've been in this thing. Why do they keep? What it looks like in life is replaying like exactly the same pattern with the same person. It could also look like that this is still potentially an ascending series of hero's journeys. We can have that lesson. We're like, I thought I learned that lesson before. So that's another version. I thought I learned that lesson before, but you learned it at that level. And now you're at this level. So they'll say things like new level, new devil. It's not a new devil. It's the same damn devil. You just have to remind yourself that you are made of magic that can get you there, yes. right? If you survived before, you'll survive again. Yeah. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to do the hard work that comes with the after photo. Oh my God, that is so good. I just have to stop you again because no one wants to do the work. This is so true, right? Every single human is afraid. Every single human um, has a thing, has something, you know, that comes after the but. However, we, the ones that, that survive, the ones that not survive, the ones that thrive are the ones that actually, they just keep going. They just, right. they keep going in the messy middle. And I love that when you say two steps forward, one step back, like you're winning a little. I love that. Like, again, it's the focus. You're still winning a little. And ultimately, these, these big challenges or final um, uh, challenges or the, you know, the dragon or the Jabberwocky, you're so, this is also that part you're absolutely spot on is that the Jabberwocky is as big as we expect it to be. So if we choose to just face up and roll with the punches, go with the flow, learn the lesson, as you say, we can get away with just the shadow. And I mean, I definitely resonate with that because my Jabber, Jabberwocky was massive in the beginning. Um, but it's been deconstructing my belief system that life has to be hard, that success has to be hard, that love has to be hard, that all these things have to be hard. It's been deconstructing my conditioning that's literally left space for the truth. And the truth is that it isn't hard, it's easy. But fear is fear is fear. And everybody who faces fear 
um, it's challenging. Like you still have to be all in, you know, like it's that whole, you can't be half pregnant. You have to be all in. All in. Well, this is what makes me laugh. I remember when I started really feeling anxiety and I'd had plenty of coping mechanisms throughout my life. I'd been in plenty of positions where I didn't feel comfortable. But when I had my first massive anxiety attack, I remember the book by Susan Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I'm not going to do an expletive, but I was like, F you, lady, you feel the fear and do it anyway. You're not feeling what I'm feeling. I want to amputate. If you could amputate a thing from me and tell me I will never feel anxiety again, I will do that. That was what I was saying. So that's where, as you'd said, we make the Jabberwocky big, or I do things on the daily that even 10 years ago, I would have, even 10 years ago, I would have said, nah, no way, 100%. What I look at it in, in this way now, I say, I am expanding, hopefully long term, but maybe short term, I'm expanding my comfort zone. And it is, it is movable. It's not static. That's the other false sort of belief we wish. I learned to breathe. Now I don't have to do that anymore. Phew. No, you still got to breathe. Um, but at least you know now. So that's the difference. We, we take that experience and we either resist it, like I say, Susan, you do it. And now what I do, and especially with this knowledge about my human design, it just reaffirms everything. I actually used to think, wait a minute. And I believe that anxiety can be a tool for me. It doesn't, it's not as simple as, oh, if I feel anxious, I just need to get over it. Now that gets to be a litmus test. And I could just say, okay, this is how I feel. Is it anxiety or is it excitement? Is there a portion to it that actually feels expansive, but is still like, oh shit. Or is it just like, in which case let my anxiety give me that indicator. So in fact, anxiety is part of my superpower. I don't want to get rid of it. I need to feel it to help discern what's for me and what's not for me. And everything is not for me. So if somebody said public speaking, well, I can tell you right now, not for me. And yet I do stuff all the time that other people would go, uh, sister, that's, <laughs> that's public speaking, or you talk a lot. What are you saying? You don't like to talk, or what are you saying? You're an introvert, but it's, it's my internal experience. Exactly. And so part of my hero's journey is giving myself permission to go along the the hero's journey of my life. And I am simply now trying to remain awake and conscious of the decisions I'm making. No, a hundred percent. I'm going to stuff it up. I'm definitely going to take a tumble. I'm going to make the wrong decision sometimes. And that isn't something to um, sort of punish yourself with. It's just a take note. Okay. That sucked. What was I ignoring or how did I not catch that? Mm. And all of this, just the recognition in your life of the hero's journey can help you do it 
with more ease, even though there's still work to be done. It doesn't have to be, well, with writer's too, because I don't believe in writer's block. I say there's something else. It's not a block, but it's like, it's, it's still work, but yeah. you getting some enjoyment out of it. Like that whole no pain, no gain. But what does the pain feel like? Like some of it feels good, even though it's work. Some of it, even though it's stretching your muscles, right? Well, and this is the thing, like overcoming adversity is one of the best things we can ever mm. feel, you know? But if we, if we don't have adversity, we can't overcome it. Well, you um, won't grow. No, That's exactly. Thing. Adversity is part of the hero's journey. It's in that messy middle. And so when we're watching movies, television, reading books, your main character, we all see it. So if you start telling yourself those five steps, opening scene, inciting incident, messy middle, which is a series of scenes, surrender, which is generally what, well, what I call for my writers to sit on the sofa with a pint of ice cream and, you know, a spoon yeah. uh, in your trachydax or your daggiest clothes. And then the final battle, which is somebody internally or externally, a song, a child, a, the wise mentor calling you just one more go before you do it. And you only do that final battle as your real self, as you're stripped back. I don't care anymore. I give up. That's why you can't fake surrender because surrender really looks like whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm showing up, but I don't, it's not, I don't have faith in myself. It's just, I can't have a front anymore to yeah. do this. And that's and it. So we'll or, do the thing. Yeah. Or avoidance strategy. You know, yes. like I think that's one of the other things that I realize about the, the hero's journey, especially when I would find myself on my ass again, you know, like um, something else had knocked me over was that the, realizing that the thing that I'd just been uh, knocked over by, or I hadn't achieved or whatever, in many cases, it was just an avoidance strategy, avoiding doing that one thing. The know? one thing. Yeah. The one Thing. Exactly. So that's it. If I can say that's my final piece for, for anyone. If you can discern that thing you're telling yourself is the one thing you won't do, I'm sure it's what comes up on the coaching calls. And again, it's so obvious from the outside, but not as much from the inside because we have to learn it, right? We have been spending all of our time doing the anything but if you can figure out what that butt is, just know that's the thing. That's right before that beautiful lantern. That's that thing. So you can stay in resistance. Like, hey, nobody's going to make you go forward. You can totally do it, but I can guarantee you, you will be unhappy and dissatisfied. Yeah. And, and not have the thing you want. Exactly. But you can do it. And I mean, learning hey. the same, trying to learn the same lesson over and over and over and over. Right. Over You're going to do it 50 ways, except the one way that will definitely get you there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which in hindsight, you look back and go, don't yeah. really just should have done that in the beginning. But, right. But we, we all have our thing. We all have our thing. So that's it. I think. That's what I would leave anyone with. Start recognizing it first externally. Don't put the pressure on yourself to know, oh, where I am. But if you start seeing how the hero's journey looks, even from that very basic level five points, yeah. you can start to see what that might look like in your life on any number. And again, I just encourage people to get one big toe edge um, closer to that, that thing that they want. Um, 
and that's it. Then the, then they'll be right there set for that transformation whenever they're ready to do the one thing. thing. And, you know, like on that note, for, for all of you out there that are like, oh, my goodness, I just don't know what the one thing is, you know what the one thing is. Like this is also one of my massive um, awarenesses is that that one thing always sat really deep and intrinsically set in me. I always knew it. Although I mightn't have consciously been able to language it at the time, if I had just literally asked myself, what what have I got to, um, you know, what is the one thing that I don't want to do? Like if I had that question in the beginning, it would have mm. made so much difference. Right. But you don't have to do it straight away. Exactly. Even you, you had to do it eventually. And what a weight off just going, okay, yeah. when I feel like I can psych myself up for the one thing. Yeah. I'll do it. And and ultimately, often it doesn't have to be the doing. Do you know what I mean? Like this is the other piece that I love to share with people. It's not necessarily the doing. There's a Mm -hmm. there's a great story which so many people have heard already from me in the book um, "The Game of Life and How to Play It" by uh, Florence Scovel Shin. What's legendary? Love her. Gotta read it. It's amazing. And she talks this exact theory. And she has a client, and she said that that has had seven years of the worst years ever because she believes. Um, she walked under a ladder and that's why she uh-huh. had these awful. And she was like, well, here's the thing. You need to actually face that fear. You need to walk under the ladder and, and show yourself that it's not the ladder, it's you. And this, this client's like, I can't do that. Okay, I'm going to do that. And she says, like you said earlier, she says she's committed. She goes out into the world. She sees a ladder. She walks around it. She goes around the corner and she's like, no. No, no, I'm actually, all, I'm all in. I'm going to do it. Whatever the consequences, I believe that I'm going to be fine. And she walks back around the corner, all 100% facing that one thing. And sure enough, the ladder is gone. It's not necessarily the doing that matters. It's yes. that we shift our being, that we yes. are to face the thing we're afraid of. So often we don't have to face it. It's just the knowing. Exactly. Oh my God, this started, I could have conversation with you all day, and because that just gets me into the other ways that we transform ourselves. But I use that sort of as a dream work um, process that it's not actually taking an action, but the recognition helps the shifting. So if you are somebody who um, suffers from recurring sort of bad dreams or nightmares, often the only thing you need to do is go, ah, and I, I do sort of like a semi lucid dreaming. I'll do, I'll say, ah, I've done this before and I just don't want to do that. And then boom. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. And it's just because it's released something. Exactly. Because the fear doesn't symbology. Exactly. And the fear doesn't hold anything over you anymore. That's what it's all about, you know? Right. And I love it in dreams, just going to dreams. And I know you have to go. Like one of the things that I learned um, many years ago that if we're having a dream and we're running away from something, all we need to do is turn around and face it. Face it. I used to do that. I used to do that. And I talked to some wackadoo things like a flying blanket or a hair clip. But you know what? You can also do it not in the dream afterwards for anybody who's listening. You can just lay down and get real relaxed. But use that. Here's the thing that blows my mind. Why aren't we using these tools all the time for everything. Yeah. But that is what I teach my clients. So we it's will be a little bit bigger than, than um, just publishing books yeah. and great stories. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? The world is changing and we're using these tools more and more every day. 
So, Ange, thank you so much for joining. For anyone out there, um, I will put Ange's details on the... um, Can people follow you on Instagram? Like, what do we do? You can. It's just Ange underscore Fen or my website is Anjanette, sorry for everyone, A-N-J-A-N-E-T-T-E, Fennell, F-E-N-N-E-L-L, lots of doubles, dot com. Uh, to find out about Writer's Flow, which talks a little bit about that, but just, or you can follow and find out about my new puppy. Beautiful. Yeah. Find out about the new puppy (laughs) who needs attention right now. All right. Thanks again, Ange. It's been so great having you here and goodbye, everybody. I appreciate having you guys here too. Speak to you next time. Bye. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.